Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. What's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast on a week 16 Monday. I guess it's a week 15 Monday leading into week 16, but whatever it is, we are talking fantasy football championships on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Michael Beller, joined by Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston. Jake, I know we've got one more game, so maybe you're waiting it out, but are you headed to any championships this week? Honestly, so I was originally laughing because when you said week 15 going into the state, like that's how it feels anyway. Like I don't even know what week it is anymore. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I'm headed to two out of five. I ran into it just nonstop this week. Like it started with Keenan Allen was on mm-hmm. uh, three to the five teams. So that was already a hellscape to come back from. <laughs> and then I'm not kidding you, four to the five teams I faced either Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, or... Who was who's the other giant one this week? It wasn't even Derrick Henry. Dalvin who's, or oh, you said Dalvin Cook. Calvin Ridley. Yeah, Ridley. I, like, how did everybody have Calvin Ridley against me this week? And it was a combination of all of them. I mean, kudos to I want to give it out to the Flex. I am not going to make the championship. I am not going for my fourth title in Flex because I started with Keenan Allen and Aguilar on Thursday, so I already knew I was behind to begin with. I knew I was d- almost done for. But Colton the Wolfman. Uh, they had three guys score 30 points each. So it's like, not only was I in bad, you didn't have to do that to me. Like it was already <laughs> bad to begin with. You didn't have to, th- they have 160. Yeah. So they have Lamar Jackson, Dalvin Cook, David Montgomery. Oof. So, I mean, just that right there. And Aaron Rodgers did me no favors. Yeah. So. Hey man, two out of five. It's not the song, but two out of five ain't bad. Uh, how about you, Brandon? Any uh, championships coming your way in week 16? None. I got ousted in my uh, leagues in the first round, so I didn't have anything going on this week. Anyways, uh, one and done leagues. I have a, I have a, uh, I have one I'm top five in right now, so I have a chance to do something in those and and get a little payback, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. that's where that's where we're at. Why do you All suck, right. Brandon? Well, uh- <laughs> I know. 2020 sucks. That's like, it was Cam Akers. It was all that preseason Cam Akers love that did you no good. Um, I guess I'm the big winner here. I am headed to three championships uh, out of five. I've got a Week 17 league where I'm headed to the semifinals. Lost in flex leagues, unfortunately, Jake. Did I you? went down to uh, – yep, Rob Waziak took me out. Uh, he had a he had a very nice game. I put up like a 120, uh, and he's on pace for like 150, something like that. So even, uh, even a, a better game out of my team probably wasn't going to get the job done but i will happily take what i've got and i actually have a team well, let me you ask you the real guys. question i've got a i've got an aaron jones delvin cook calvin ridley team so it was a, it was a fun oh, week God. 15 yeah. for that one what are the guys <laughs> josh home- allen josh <laughs> allen's also on that squad my home league guy has derrick henry and aaron jones so he's he's having fun right now um yeah. which is worse beller uh, so it's it's you know brandon apparently didn't even get to do, do this but <laughs> so, which is worse getting knocked out now or watching the team that was already knocked out, Brandon, score like the second most points in the league this week. <laughs> oh. oh, I would much rather get knocked out now. It's fun. Like Obviously, we want to win, but it's fun to be playing for as long as you possibly can and win a playoff game, play in the playoffs, be part of it, like whatever. I would much rather do that than, than, the, than anything else. I mean, other than winning. Yeah, but exactly. I said which is worse. <laughs> for sure, the, the seeing the... The, your eliminated team put up the second highest points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what could have been? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you're not part of the playoffs. So, like, yeah, that's, I don't even think it's a question. Nice question, Jake. Let <laughs> me get us started with that. Um, all right, we're going we're gonna to get to week 16 now, and we're going to do the same format we've been doing the last few weeks. We're looking at all the week 15 games, rapid fire, one question, one person. We're going to look at these uh, and think about how this can help people win their championships in week 14. And we're going to just start again with Jalen Hurts, just like we did last week, because the guy took it to another level after what he did in his debut start. We were all pretty impressed, but you know maybe weren't sure exactly how he was going to follow it up. Well, 
He followed it up with 338 yards and three touchdowns through the air, 63 yards and one touchdown on the ground. Jake, the question now with Jalen Hurts, Week 16 at Dallas, what quarterbacks are you starting over him? A very select few. You guys both know this. My hesitancy was the passing game. And look, for all intents and purposes, that game was the good of Hurts, but also you still saw what the limitations could be. He took a lot of sacks. Uh, There's, you know, the good news is he's not fumbling the ball when he's holding on the ball for too long. But you see the tendencies there of why I was and other people have brought this up and saying why he needs development, why he needs to learn how to read progressions faster and sometimes pick an option when he's under pressure and feel the pressure and all these type of things. I say all that to say, I also tweeted yesterday was I had my concerns and almost all of them are out the window now. Like I have very little concerns at this point because even with that, you watch that game and saw how good he is and you see the ceiling. It's not always going to be that great. But at this point with that game and the Dallas team on tap, uh, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, probably Deshaun Watson, you know, Patrick Holmes, obviously Aaron Roach, obviously put it this way. He's going to be inside the top 10, and he's on the heels of those guys. I'm still starting all of them, but he's in that tier right below them. Absolutely crazy uh, what, what he's been able to do here in these first two career starts in a great matchup with the Dallas Cowboys in Week 16. Brandon, I want to ask you about Chase Edmonds because we saw him get more involved uh, in a way that he was earlier in the season but hasn't been in recent weeks. 11 carries, 47 yards, uh, caught three of five targets for 19 yards and a touchdown. Is he back on the radar for championship week with the uh, Cardinals taking on the 49ers? Mm, man, I would, I would, I would struggle. I don't think we know that. Uh, I mean, he's a cons- back on the radar for consideration, but I think you're still rolling the dice here. Uh, this could revert back to Kenyon Drake. I don't love the matchup. Um, I, 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 I haven't done my rankings yet, but I'm thinking he's in the, you know, he's in the RB three mid to to late. You know, probably sometime somewhere just outside the top thirty. So. I guess if he's back in consideration, uh, if you want to put it, you know, if you want to couch it that way. All right, guys, let's move on to Chiefs and Saints. A 32-29 Chiefs victory. Saints hanging around impressively and made that something of a game in the second half. Uh, Big news coming out of this from a fantasy perspective is the injury to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We're recording this on Monday morning, so still no official word on just how severe the injury is, but doesn't look like he is going to be playing in Week 16 Fantasy Football Championship week. So, Brandon, we'll throw this one to you. Where's Le'Veon Bell in the Week 16 rankings mix? Just off the top of your head here, Chiefs taking on Atlanta in week 16 yeah I'm probably gonna put him where I was putting Clyde Edwards Hilaire of of recent weeks which is in that you know around that 19 to 24 range probably give him some touchdown upside I mean Le'Veon Bell hasn't you know overly impressed me I I I actually would rank him a couple spots lower than I would rank a a normally featured Clyde Edwards Hilaire so a little bit of a of a downturn from where you might 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 normally put CEH in any given week now that he is out of the picture. Drew Brees made his return in this game, and there was some rust early on. Uh, through went started over six or something, over five for the first time in his career. Which I mean, I know he's Drew Brees, but how many games has the guy played for this to be the first time he ever missed on his first five passes? Pretty impressive. Definitely looked like a better quarterback in the second half of this one. Ended the day with two hundred thirty four yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, the Saints play on Christmas Day against the Vikings. It's the first game of Week 16. Jake, is he in the QB1 mix in that matchup? I think he is. He's just outside of it for me, or maybe fringe. You know, when it comes down to it, put it this way. I feel like he'll be in the 10 to 15 range, the same that he was this past week for me. Mm-hmm. I had him, I think, 13 or 14, somewhere around there. But it's really what it comes down to is the same concern as Breeze and any quarterback like him, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. We do this time and again. We've been doing it all year long. doesn't run, so it all has to be on his arm. And if he doesn't get that third touchdown, it's not even a top 15 week for him. You mentioned the rust, so you like to see what we saw in the second half. And to snap back that quick, it's Drew Breeze and give him credit for that. And it's a great matchup. You know, the Vikings game. I don't know, though. At the same time, Minnesota, we feel like any given week, it's like, yeah, this should be a shootout. And it's like 50-50. Sometimes <laughs> it is, and sometimes it's not. Like They never seem to make sense. But on paper, we would feel like this is a 55-plus over-under game, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if Vegas already has it out yet. It's they have to, and we can uh, look that up really quick. And I, you're right about Minnesota, but I do feel like they uh, are that team that uh, can pull the rung out from under us. It's a 52 and a half 52 over and under half. right now, so that's, was, that's the open. I would think that's, that's going to climb. 
Yeah, it's opened at 52 and a half. And actually, most places it's dropped half a point to 52. But either way, you're going to be expecting a game that plays into the 50s. Good news for everyone involved. Uh, let's talk about the, the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington footballs. Get to Brandon's team, although I'm going to take the key player from Brandon's team and ask Jake about him. This is crazy. I know this is crazy, but let's just think about it for a second. What's the argument? Is there an argument? Who would you have to have to be thinking about sitting down Russell Wilson? As crazy as it sounds, 16 points or fewer in four of his last six games, Jake, and one of those was against the Los Angeles Rams, who he gets in week 16, just 11.9 fantasy points in that game, his worst output of the season. Yeah, it would be the same group of quarterbacks we were talking about before with Hurts. And you can, in my opinion, put Wilson alongside Hurts. Do you have the stones to put Hurts in over Wilson? <laughs> I don't think I do. And if you do, kudos to you if it works. But I think that's the conversation we're having now. He's not on that top five must start, and it has nothing to do with Russell Wilson. And you mentioned another four to five games. Well, the one game he also threw four touchdowns and didn't even finish the game because he was so on fire. Right. That's the that's what has to concern you. If you do sit Wilson, are you going to live with yourself watching him throw three or four touchdowns on your bench because he is Russell Wilson? But he has to do it quickly efficiently they've got Rashad Penny back and not that I'm concerned about Rashad Penny it's just this they're not letting him quote-unquote cook anymore like he's fast food delivery right now and that's what you need <laughs> I mean like, like this is the fast food he needs to do it quick Kenny yeah. sure but this is not a good matchup for it we know how bad that Rams pass defense is for every opponent yeah, 27 pass attempts for Russell Wilson in the game against Washington and 26 rushing attempts for uh, Seattle. Six of those were by Russell himself, and so some of those were dropbacks, but still, we have seen a more even balance from Seattle at recent I mean, look at that we game. Over-under is 46 and a half. Yeah, there you go. I mean, so what's uh, something to uh, to think about with Russell Wilson? Maybe if you scoop Jalen Hurts, I don't know. Uh, let's talk about J.D. McKissick and Logan Thomas here, Brandon. We joked about the J.D. McKissick revenge game, but it came to fruition. 51 yards on the ground, 56 through the air on nine catches and 10 targets scored through the air. Logan Thomas, meanwhile, goes off for a big game, 13 grabs, 101 yards. Are these guys just forget about it? Just get him in there. Easy plays against Carolina. Well, first of all, I'll start with Logan Thomas. I mean, the guy's up to number six at the number six at the tight end position now in fantasy scoring at fifteen targets. And just looking at, you know, he's gotten a lot more efficient of late. I was looking at his first five games; he caught fourteen of thirty-two targets. Remember, most of those games were with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Wait, is he six on the year, Brandon? He's number six on the year. That that just proves how much of a joke tight end is. <laughs> Are you going to be calling the band tight ends now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. Just that's just so go ahead. Bro. I just... yeah, yeah. No. So he was 14 of 32 on, on, on targets. And in the last four games, 32 of 35. So he's catching everything now. Efficiency has gotten a lot better. I think that speaks to just his comfortability in this offense. Maybe the, you know, the quarterback's getting comfortable throwing to him. So getting a lot of targets. I think he at this point is a, if you have Logan Thomas, you're playing him. I think, I mean, that, that kind of solves right now the problem having to go out and look in that and wade in that back end of the tight end one spot. McKissick, I don't know if we know if Antonio Gibson's going to play yet or not. He was right. he was doing drills on Friday, so you seem like he has a decent chance to come back from the turf toe. So we'll have to see. That said, I mean, I don't think you would think about J.D. McKissick any worse than you would think about like a Naheem Hines normally as that secondary running back that can get a lot done in the passing game. I think that's still going to be a big part of things going forward. But if Gibson's back, you're putting him back in that in that RB3 mix. Yeah, the tight ends who have scored more points in half PPR leagues than Logan Thomas, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Robert Tunyon, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, and that is it. Logan Thomas checking in at number six. Let's move on to our next game, 49ers and Cowboys, guys. Let's start off with the 49ers, and we know exactly where you guys stood on this coming into this game between Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Regardless of Mostert's status, Brandon, have you changed your mind on this? Is Jeff Wilson the guy who you would rather have among the 49ers backs after what we saw on Sunday? Mm, that's, that, that game could have gone either way for these guys. I mean, Mostert was getting some opportunities early. I think what we're kind of seeing, though, yes, is that where we were once, and I think Jake was, was with me on this, is we kind of just assumed Mostert for the upside was was the better of the hierarchy. I think it's kind of almost a 50-50 now that uh, either one of these guys has kind of the same amount of upside. And I wasn't could, with you. 
Yeah, you. I mean, you were you were no. talking about yes. You no. even said it. No, on Bellers, you said it no, on the Bellers show. Referencing the Bellers referencing what I said for the past two weeks that Wilson would be ranked ahead of him every single time if they're both out there because he's getting the goal line carries. Okay, well, let's go back to the cheat sheet when someone asked, "Would you play Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson?" And you told him to play Raheem Mostert that was for the upside. This. That's I'm talking about the past two weeks. That's what Bellers referencing when he said, "Are you now on the same page as Jake?" But you oh, did when, say on Sunday, this past Sunday, that if you're shooting for upside and upside alone to go with Mostert. Yeah, upside alone. But yeah, in the yeah, rankings. Yeah. In what but Jeff in the Wilson's rankings, been, you've had Wilson ahead. Yes. Yes, that's what I'm referencing. Well, what, for whatever, I'm, what I'm saying is that <laughs> Wilson has as much upside as Mostert now is what I was saying. I mean, that's that was my whole point. You were talking about who has the higher upside, and you still feel like Mostert has it. you know. But uh, at this point, I'm assuming you've changed your mind as well. That, that now it seems like they're at least even on upside, and, and Wilson probably has a better touchdown upside. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if it matters. I think you're just kind of looking at these guys as, as kind of the same at this point. Tony Pollard not looking the same to these guys after what he did in uh, this game. Uh, broke away for that 40-yard touchdown run, which makes his numbers look a little bit better, and that was a unique situation with San Francisco selling out to stop Dallas from getting the one first down that could ice the game, and then nothing but green in front of Tony Pollard. But still, the numbers are the numbers. He looked great in handling a lead role. Jake, a matchup with Philly. Is Tony Pollard going to etch his name in fantasy playoff lore this week? I have Zeke's out again, and that's really what it comes down to. Is This is what we've been talking about for a few weeks, is that if the Cowboys, with the injuries on top of it, but just why play Zeke? Uh, Zeke has said himself that he's not done for the year, but that remains to be seen. The, the reason that's worthy bringing up is similar to the Henry Ruggs situation against the Jets. It, it does matter. You know, you don't take things away from players in the box score, mm-hmm. but it does matter when you're talking about context. And before that, 11 carries for 29 yards. And the problem is the offensive line for the Cowboys. So, yes, I had him inside the top 15 when the, that news broke. Will he be there again? Absolutely, because he's getting all the carries, essentially. But the problem is he's going to have to do some of it in the passing game as he did that, but that's the appeal. You know, he led the team in targets and receptions and was second in yards. So, you know, that's really where you're going to get a a feel good version of it. And then for the upside, you hope that he can break one off, but that would be my concern is more the rushing side of things than this passing side. Yeah. Six grabs on nine targets for 63 yards uh, for Tony Pollard in this game. And you love that he brings that to the table. In addition to leading the team and carry should Zeke miss another game. Panthers and Packers next game up here. And I want to talk, Jake, about Robbie Anderson. I'm wondering if he is sneaky benchable, actually, here. Uh, You go back to week five. He had 112 yards on eight catches, and that was the end of a – we didn't know it at the time, but the end of a very strong five-game run to start the season for Robbie Anderson where he had three 100-yard games, four games with at least six catches, three games with at least eight catches. Since then, he's hit that eight-catch mark just twice, that six-catch mark just three times, his high-water mark in yards – 94, but other than that, he has been south of 65 yards, one, two, three, four, five times, just one touchdown since then. I mean, is there a way to get him onto benches this week? Yeah, there's, a, there's a way any given week. I mean, honestly, you could talk to my buddy in the home league where I said, don't ever trust him at the beginning of the season when he drafted <laughs> him. And he's like, you tried to warn me. He's like, just Robbie Anderson, you know, I'd like to bring up Amari Cooper a lot just because he's the watermark for this example, but he's not any different than Amari Cooper was before Dak Prescott. That's where it was. Like, Robbie Anderson fine as a wide receiver three, but here's why I don't know if you could bench him is because you didn't have to get him but anything but a wide receiver three, maybe even a wide receiver four or five. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted Robbie Anderson at the beginning of this year, but he wanted DJ Moore, and there was some Curtis Samuel. So against Washington, that's where I think on top of it he's benchable because it's another bad matchup, and it's arguably worse than the Packers matchup because Alexander will also cover the best person. He was on... Anderson some, but you know, DJ Moore just exploited that matchup of everybody else all day long. So you got some Alexander pulling over there. Washington doesn't have an Alexander is what I'm getting to. They just have a good defense. So I think Anderson could be on the bench. He actually, for me, he would be on the bench. All right, someone who's definitely not going to be on the bench in Week 16 is Aaron Jones coming off just another monster game in this one. And it's crazy to think back to the summer, Brandon, and Aaron Jones was someone who people were like actively fading as a first-round pick. He was frequently getting pushed into the early-mid-second round coming off a 19-touchdown season because people thought, oh, he can't possibly do it again, regression, 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 without actually looking at the player, one of the laziest forms of analysis, in my opinion. But... 
Look at what he's done this year. Yeah, he has regressed all the way back to 10 touchdowns in 12 games. <laughs> he is sitting at about 1,300 yards from scrimmage on the season. Where does Aaron Jones go in 2021 drafts? He might not be a Packer, but where do you think he's going to ultimately end up sitting as we start to put together our 2021 thoughts? It's too low. We've already done this exercise, and you were gifted him as the RB12 in our in our way too early 2021 mock draft. And and I agree. I mean, like he was top four in, in fantasy points per game last year at the running back position. He's back in the top four this year. I know there's a little bit of annoyance, nuisance with him just not consistently getting full fully featured touches but the guy is is hyper efficient he's a he's a stud you're right without looking at the player if you look at Aaron Jones he's just a really good football player and, and if he comes back to Green Bay or he's a free agent he goes out there to Miami or in Atlanta I mean I, I mean I think the x factor right now is we don't know exactly where it's going to be and it could be in a place where he is truly saddled in a full-on platoon role and then we wouldn't be as excited but I would risk him higher than the RB12 where he went I think he's in that you know some of the running backs right before him were Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson and Ezekiel Elliott um, I think he's in that mix anywhere. At our, top, our top six running backs ended with Nick Chubb. I wouldn't put him that high, but I think anywhere in the seven to twelve range at the running back position next year is fair. Yeah, always yeah, a chance. I'm out. Yeah, you you're know out. I'm, I'm not. I will own zero of him again. It just yeah. it, it well like, it worked it, out well for you this year. <laughs> it's hey, it did. I'm any, nope. anywhere I had him, I didn't have to face him or play him. Look, it did because a lot of teams got knocked out last week with him. So. Whatever you guys want to say, I'm just not drafting him the first round. I'm with one thing with you, Brandon. If he ends up in Miami, I will be. If he's back with the Packers, I'm out again. The Packers refuse to let him be the guy. Yeah, he's he averaging eight and a half. The guy to the, to the tune he's of averaging 1, yards from scrimmage and ten touchdowns in twelve games. They just won't let him do it. <laughs> no, he's averaging they, well, eighteen, you, you guys, 18 and a half you're, touches you're, per game. No, it's, it's great. No, I'll take you guys, eighteen and a half touches. You guys touches are cherry picking the stats. He's got five games of 11 points or fewer, two single-digit performances in the last four weeks alone. There's very few Christian McCaffrey's and Delvin Cooks. There And there's very few guys who are more touchdown and single giant game reliant than he is. I mean, I will happily make another Aaron Jones bet with you next year, but that is something to worry about next year. Aaron Jones shaping up to be a huge guy in fantasy football championships against the Tennessee Titans. Aaron Jones. Derrick Henry, same game. Both guys, I think, are going to have nice ones. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. All right, Bucks and Falcons is our next game up here. Let's talk about a running back in this one, too. It is Leonard Fournette. Ends up getting two touchdowns in place of Ronald Jones as the starter in this one. Uh, Jake, if Leonard Fournette gets a start again, where is he against the cake matchup of the Detroit Lions? Still an RB2. I don't know that he's going to get the start again because the Chris Godwin situation was the same, and then we could get Ronald Jones back. So if Ronald Jones is back, then I still don't trust right. either one of them because – now Fournette goes from a healthy scratch to the lead guy, but honestly, he wasn't that impressive as a runner. If it were not for the touchdowns, his day looks pretty mediocre. And again, not taking the touchdowns away from him, and it's a great matchup for him to get another touchdown, but it wasn't like he was out there running 18 times for 100 yards. It's just, you know, it was touchdown reliant. Ronald Jones is going to throw a wrench into this entire thing if he's back. If not, like I said, RB2, you can fire him as RB2. 
Yeah, definitely feels like a fair one. Could be a very good spot against that Lions defense. On the other side, we saw Matt Ryan and Russell Gage both go for good games. Matt Ryan himself went for a monster game uh, as the uh, other person in that connection with Calvin Ridley we were talking about at the top of the show. Are you playing them, Brandon, next week against Kansas City? Obviously, we're going to have to keep a close eye on Julio Jones, but as we start the week, what's your early read on Matt Ryan and Russell Gage? Yeah, I think Russell Gage, you know, you look over the last month, month and a half, he's getting a, a steady diet of targets. I mean, you're not getting rich with him, but you got a couple of touchdowns and, and generally you're landing in the 50 plus yardage range. So I think I think given the matchup, given the likely game script that Atlanta's going to be throwing, you know, a lot, just kind of looking over Kansas City's defense and slot receivers, you know, they've seemed to have done. Jake always has the numbers to to, to bear this out, but it, it looks like Kansas City can give up a decent amount of production in the slot. So I would expect, you know, Russell Gage coming off a five catch, sixty eight yard touchdown kind of game. I think that's 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 repeatable against Kansas City next week. Reasonable expectations for sure, and Julio Jones is going to be one of the deciding factors when you're looking at both of those guys for Week 16. Bears and Vikings. The Bears keep their playoff hopes alive with a win in Minnesota. It was actually it was not a great fantasy game for Mitch Trubisky, Brandon, but it was a really efficient game. Played uh, one of the best games we've seen him play just from a pure quarterbacking standpoint. David Montgomery hogged a lot of the spotlight, ended up setting career highs across the board, carries yards, all that good stuff. Can we ride Mitch to a championship in a great matchup with the Jaguars in Week 16? Um, I, I, it's a great matchup. So I think that puts him in the discussion. I think he, I'm going to have him. I'm just kind of trying to figure out where I might have him probably in the mid, mid somewhere in the 15 to 20 range at the quarterback position. I think you're around Baker Mayfield and Tua and guys like that. When you, when you start to think about potential streamers, I don't know what their roster rate is at this point, but if you were riding with Mitch Trubisky and, and there was a Mayfield or a Tua or somebody like that out there, I think I might go the other direction, but I, I think it's close. I, but I'd say, yeah, about 15, 15 to 17 this week at the quarterback spot. Um, all right. On the other side of this game, Adam Thielen scored a touchdown early, but then didn't do much of anything else. Just one more catch the rest of the game. Ended the game with two catches, three targets, 11 yards, and that touchdown, which at least gave it a veneer of respectability. If he uh, is still there, if everything still remains the same in Minnesota, he's going to be the wide receiver, too, I think, behind Justin Jefferson in 2021. Jake, I don't expect him to put a fine point on it. He is wide receiver 23 in 2021. But I was interested to see him slide down the draft board in our 2021 early mock that Brandon referenced. Where do you think he ends up? What part of the wide receiver discussion is Adam Thielen in in 2021? He'll be in the 20s. Everybody's going to be excited to move people up, uh, breakouts, more opportunities, everything like that. So you're going to have that in flux. And he's probably going to be in the, probably, I would say, mid to lower 20s because he also missed the game too. So you got mm -hmm. that continuing injury concern of Thielen, who hasn't played 16 games since 2018. But on a per-game basis, he continues to be a wide receiver one. So everybody's going to be excited about Jefferson. Take him in front of him, and you can make the argument all day long, and I'm not going to argue against Jefferson, but I have a feeling I'm going to own a lot of Thielen next year. He <laughs> <laughs> goes into Week 16, 62 catches, 771 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Still remains Kirk Cousins' favorite guy to look for once the Vikings get into that money zone. Uh, let's move over to Jaguars and Ravens here, you guys. Jake, one of our biggest James Robinson fans, so I'm going to ask you to field this question. He left this game with an ankle injury. He uh, gave you a, a very uh, solid James Robinson-style productive game north of 80 yards from scrimmage, a handful of catches, got in the end zone on one of those catches. Uh, if the ankle injury forces him to miss the game against Chicago, there's no pivot, right? And there's no running back that you look at in Jacksonville. You go somewhere else. You're not trying to get Daria Gunbowale or someone like that into your starting lineups. Well, so I was, I, it was bad that you mentioned the matchup because I was going to say – there's no backup. Well, let's see who that. No, there's no backup because of who they're facing. <laughs> like, because it's going to be a Zigbo and Ogumawale. And I wouldn't be surprised if a Zigbo leads as in the first down, third down, short yards, goal line carries, and Ogumawale sp sprinkled in there. So I'm just going to call him the goon like Pat Mayo does because it's just easier than saying Ogum Ogumawale every single time. <laughs> but <laughs> the goon and a Zigbo are going to split a miserable backfield. That's really what it is. And it's against Chicago. So no thank you. Sometimes there just isn't an answer when the starting running back goes down. You know who's been a good answer the last few weeks? Marquise Brown. I mean, if you were really relying on Marquise Brown as a starter uh, for the balance of the season, you maybe didn't make it into the playoffs. But if you did, 
You've actually got four straight good games out of him, Brandon, at least four straight useful fantasy games, 85 and a touchdown in week 12, 39 and a touchdown with five catches in week 13, 50 and a touchdown last week against the Browns, and then this week, six grabs for 98 yards, goes into week 16 against the Giants, a team that has been banged up defensively. We saw what Baker Mayfield and the Browns were able to do against them through the air on Sunday night football. I mean, are you excited about Marquise Brown? It feels like this would be the most excited anyone's been about Marquise Brown since, like, week two when he was coming off that 101-yard game in week one. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess I'd be more excited if James Bradbury is out again because, you know, he's been he's been a good shadow cover all year long. He's out with COVID, I, with, on the COVID list. If he comes back, uh, I'm not as excited. If he doesn't come back, I think you – I think if you've been using him, like I've said with some of these other guys, if you've been using Marquise Brown the last couple of weeks and James Bradbury is out next week, I don't know why you would change your mind from using him again going into your championship game. You know, another guy who fits into that same sort of discussion, but doing it on a better level than Marquise Brown for most of the season, uh, but has been hot of late, is Marvin Jones. 10 catches for 112 yards and a touchdown in the Lions' 46-25 loss to the Titans. That was his second in the last three games with at least 100 yards and a touchdown. The other one came against the Bears in Week 13. Uh, Marvin Jones has just been a pretty consistent guy where if he gets into the end zone, he's given you high-end wide receiver two numbers this season. Lions get the Buccaneers in week 16 is the song the same for him Brandon I mean if you've been riding him why would you change things up at this point yeah and he's had a dozen targets in three of his last four games and I was a little bit concerned because he's obviously with Kenny Galladay out he's the he's kind of the obvious go-to guy last week he had Malcolm Butler and I kind of dropped him a little bit thinking ah this might not work out too well for him and it worked out great so uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. I don't know how you would turn away from now. And, and you know, you say you're chasing uh, touchdowns with him, but he kind of owns that skill. I've said this before. He's been a proven touchdown scorer year in and year out. What, you know, when you look at the number of touchdowns to games played, Marvin Jones has been very good for a long time. So don't see why you would veer away from Marvin Jones at this point. Uh, Jake, on the other side of this Lions and Titans game, we saw another just wildly efficient game from Ryan Tannehill. Someone's going to have to do a study on this, on what happened to Tannehill when he got to Tennessee and took over as the starter, because he has been uh, one of the most, if not the most efficient quarterbacks, not the most productive, but just ruthlessly efficient since he has taken over as this team starter. 273 yards, three touchdowns, better than 10 yards per attempt in the win against the Lions. Even though this is a team that lives on Derrick Henry and his production, as it did yet again in that win over the Lions, Ryan Tannehill is just always finding a way. Can you be riding him to fantasy championships against the Packers on Sunday? Absolutely. Uh, his two worst games with Derrick Henry scoring 14 or more points were a game where he still threw for 300 yards, his only single-digit performance, and the other one was two weeks ago where his four was still, I think, almost 17. Was it like 16.8 he scored in that game somewhere around there? So absolutely. It, you might have better options this week because Green Bay is a lot more susceptible against the run, so why not just lean on Derrick Henry potentially for another 200-yard game? So maybe you get the 250 yards and just one touchdown for Tannehill. But still, it again, if you're going to tell me the floor is 16, 17 points, I'm going to have to be, it'd be an interesting situation where I turn to somebody else. Just uh, absolutely crazy what uh, what he has been able to do in terms of just efficiency and what this Titans offense does, and that should be a really fun one. Sunday night football, a lot of fantasy championships I think are going to be hanging in the balance when the Titans and Packers get together this Sunday. Uh, let's move it over to this past week's Sunday night football game between the Browns and the Giants. Jake, I'm going to ask you about Baker Mayfield. Uh, it's been an up-and-down season for him, some really big highlights, some lowlights, but over the last four games, he has been producing 18.4, 27.9, 29, and 21 points in fantasy leagues. Uh, he's thrown for at least two touchdowns in all of those games. He's thrown for at least 250 yards in all of those games. Uh, is he someone who we think about as being in the circle of trust against the Jets in Week 16? Uh, trust is a heavy word, but he's at least got one foot in for me. Uh, it's still, I think it's similar to, for me at least, the Kirk Cousins of the world is like when you know it goes bad, it can go bad. And it could be even a bad day and the team still wins and looks fine. It's just, you know, they don't always need it because you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back there. So, you know, maybe that's working well at the beginning and all of a sudden you're walking out of a game with 20 carries for Nick Chubb and 13 for Kareem Hunt and Baker only attempted right. 
27 passes. That's the biggest concern is they can do it, especially against the Jets, without needing Baker to do it. So one foot in. I think that he'd be out there over a lot of options at this point, probably right around the top 15. You know who I think? You know, Mm -hmm. I think he's not obviously the same quarterback or same fantasy or same stat line or whatever, but I would put him in the conversation with Drew Brees at this point. So, yeah, somewhat trustable. Look at that. Baker Mayfield uh, just getting things going over the last month, and the Browns look like they're headed back to the playoffs for the first time in quite a while. Uh, on the other side of this game, the New York Giants. Uh, Brandon, are we just done with these guys in 2020? Look, at, I mean, they have, they, they're have they averaging six and a half points the last two weeks. They have seven <laughs> and six points, and now you get Baltimore. So unless you're playing into week 17 and you, you're looking at that Dallas matchup at, at no. the end of the year, uh, but no, <laughs> I, I mean, look – Evan Ingram had four catches for 46 yards. Maybe you maybe you go after that, and you, maybe uh-huh. you're forced to use that in your championship game. I don't know where else you would go, though. It doesn't make this, sense. The easy it. version was we already were. That, that was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just uh, fair, another fair ugly game from this offense, and it really doesn't seem to matter, right? If it, Daniel Jones, Colt McCoy, whatever, you can stay away from the Giants and not feel bad about it. With what did I say six weeks Ravens. ago? Giants fans got remember. their hopes up for nothing. They all they did was oh, yeah. ru- all they did was ruin a draft pick. I tried to tell you this was going to happen. That seems yeah, to right? be that seems to be a theme in New York: ruining draft picks. Yeah, oh my yeah. god. Oh man, we are going to get to that other one in just a second here. But first, let's talk Patriots and Dolphins, you guys. Uh, let's start with uh, Brandon on the Patriots. Uh, you get this question, but actually, let me go to Jake uh, because uh, J- Brandon okay. got this one just previously. Uh, Patriots playing the Bills Monday Night Football Week 16. I mean, is this offense like the Giants just fantasy irrelevant in Week 16? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and there's another one. It has been. It has been for some time. And Cam Newton, somebody that Brandon was never on even when it was working for Cam Newton because it's rushing touchdown or bust. Uh, this backfield has become a mess again. Uh, you know, Damian Harris missed the game. Sonny Michelle, I was at 74 yards and 10 carries. I, if you told me 74 yards for Sonny Michelle, I would have said, all right, 20 carries. Like, <laughs> that's how he got there. So maybe you're desperate at running back. Maybe. And that's the only if, – if there's no Damian Harris – Sonny Michel looked healthy in that game. Buffalo's defense has not been good this year, and it's been susceptible. That would be the only one. Again, this is like the Evan Ingram that Brandon brought up for the Giants. If you're desperate, that's where you could go. I, just, I can't even trust Jacoby Myers because Cam Newton might throw for 73 yards. Yeah, hey, we've seen that multiple times this season. Myers did have 111 yards against the Dolphins, but just not something you can really rely on happening uh, in any given week. On the other side, Savan Ahmed getting back in our lives. 23 (laughs) carries, 122 yards, and a touchdown. We know that this could get uh, thrown right away if Miles Gaskin is able to come back for the Dolphins this week, Brandon. But if uh, Miles Gaskin does not come back, is Savan Ahmed a strong play against the Raiders? This is a Saturday game, too. Yeah, absolutely. You can run against the Raiders. Uh, Two at quarterback, they're way more of a game manager team, being a lot more conservative. Uh, They're running the ball well. Brian Flores, as I've I've said over and over again, leans on one guy. They ran so much this last week that they actually – I had to get Matt Breda in for, I think, 12 carries because yep. Ahmed already had been at the 21. So uh, I guess there's a limit with Flores, but you always feel good about the lead back getting appreciable touches. And so if it's Ahmed again next week, I'm in on him. It's a great matchup. If it's Gaskin, uh, you know, um, I guess it's Gaskin, but I would, I would, <laughs> I would, I mean, I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be something there for the number two back next week as well. Uh, kind of like we saw with Breida this last where week. Where did you, where did you land on Ahmed ranking wise for this past week? Out of curiosity. I, I, I did kind of a, a lightning round rank. Uh, like I just did it really quickly after our show on Sunday. Um, and because I hadn't ranked him up to that point. So I think I ended up at like 31 on him. That's where I had him at 31. It was one of the higher <laughs> rankings, too. And people were like, why Why are you so low on Ackman? Like, because I don't trust the touches. Yeah. Like, <laughs> y- y- did anybody expect them to get that much work? Actually, did anybody expect this team to run for 250 yards? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no. Just, I mean, tells you what's happened to the Patriots defense, too, right? I mean, just what a... What a, what a shocking turn of events. And I think we can all agree, no offense to the Dolphins or Dolphins fans out there, this is already a great story, what they've done this season. But, like, can we just not get them in the playoffs? Like, when, isn't the AFC playoffs so much more fun if it's the, all the AFC North teams? Like, let's get the Ravens in there. Let's make sure the Browns stay in, the Colts and the Titans. We want both of them in. Like, 
I don't want to see the Dolphins get like I do. destroyed. I do. I, I, I just want to see. I, I a thousand because, times would rather watch the Dolphins than the Colts. I think the Colts are one of the most boring teams in the league in my mind. Yeah, but they're good. They're they are good. They are good. But so are the Dolphins. So we got to give them credit. Ah, the Dolphins are. Well, fine. if you I mean, told me my choice, hold on, hold on. If you told me my choice was Dolphins or Ravens, then I'm with you. I actually take the yeah. Ravens. No question about it. I'm actually with Brandon. If I could do the playoffs as of today, and those last three spots are now the Colts, Dolphins, and Ravens, I'll kick the Colts out. We've seen them enough too. I just want to see, just for the Dolphins fan base, I just want to see them in, just yeah. because it's been so long. I, 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 I that that is absolutely true. But I just think from a from a football standpoint, I would I, I would sure. personally rather see probably the Colts the, in there and who the they who they line up with right now. Oh, they're the seven right now, so they get the st- they're gonna get waxed in the first game anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're ahead of the, they're ahead of the Ravens going into Week 16. So I mean, that's the odd team out right now. So uh, definitely want to see uh, the Ravens, and I think with the way they're playing, they're gonna find their way in uh, to the playoffs. Uh, one team that's definitely not gonna find its way into the playoffs: the New York Jets. And man, I mean, what a screw up by this team. I mean, Brandon, is that the most? <laughs> Pyrrhic victory you have ever seen by a franchise. The Jets just ruining their Trevor Lawrence hopes by beating the Rams. Yes, it was glorious though as a Seahawks fan. I it was so it was so awesome. Empiric meeting a victory that comes at a cost. Um great word there, by the way. But it absolutely there you go. Absolutely says it all. I mean, that's just uh, that's just 2020. You know, if ever there was one for a Jets fan, right there, it's like my God. I mean, but you know, this was this was good for one person. It's for Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. (laughs) Yeah. Now he can go play for the Jaguars, an actual functional team organization, a better Mm -hmm. offense. Like he he was probably celebrating when this happened. You know what? I I really wish. Where I hope we're just still together in ten years, so we can look back on this. And t- no, because honestly, think think about it. this. Is not being hyper hi- hyperbole or hyperbolic. Is looking back on this in ten years, if Trevor Lawrence is who he's supposed to be and doesn't bust, mm-hmm. and he would have to bust. He would have to be ultimate Peyton level busting. That's what it would have to be. Is looking back in ten years and saying, was this the worst win for the Giants or the Jets organization of all time? I mean, if Trevor Lawrence is what he is, you could probably argue that this is the worst win of that in NFL history. Yeah, that's, that's right. Are you, yeah. Yes. If, if you're Lawrence basically is, losing an Andrew with. Luck slash Peyton Manning <laughs> slash yeah. Well, so I will say Jacksonville at home, not a complete improbability they could beat the Bears. Uh, so that's true. You never know. That is they're uh, they're that doing is, a better job of tanking. Yeah, that like is, they they were true. doing such a good job, they got caught. And knew that it was too obvious and had to go back to Minshew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is this is perhaps just the, the, the worst indictment of, on Adam Gase as a coach is that he doesn't know how to win or lose. You know? <laughs> uh, maybe he knows he's not going to be there next year, so he's saying, screw you guys. I don't want you to have Trevor Lawrence either. Yeah. Um, on the other side, I mean, this is not – the Rams look bad in this game, you guys. And Cam Akers was out of the lineup for a little bit because of injury and came back, thankfully. But – it just that offense just looked it looked bad, and it was you know a bad Jared Goff game, and we know what happens to this team when we get one of those. And now, not necessarily the easiest bounce back spot against the Seahawks. A huge game for these teams in Week 16. Uh, Jake, I mean, you're playing Cup, you're playing Woods, you're playing Acres, but uh, how good do you feel about this team coming back against the Seahawks in, in Week 16? It all comes down to Jared Goff. Time and again, Jared Goff is who he is. He has been helped immensely by playing for Sean McVay, and kudos to Sean McVay for getting as much as he did out of Jared Goff. We talked about it a lot last year. I know this wasn't a show with you, Beller, but you know Emery brought this up. He was the one that pointed it out to me. Uh, the change in season when Jared Goff's numbers fell off is when defenses stopped showing their formations before the mics cut off, and then they realized mm-hmm. that Jared Goff making his own decisions was a big factor in his decline in play and you saw it go through the end of the season and through the playoffs Jerichoff's limited and this is what and when Jerichoff goes bad he this is what he just can't do it on his own uh he has a lot of skills that you see flash at times but you see the inconsistencies so Seattle I think he threw for 300 yards against him the first time I don't know if he did Brandon correct me if I'm more I actually Beller's the trivia guy over here he didn't throw for any touchdowns in that game did he no it's only no see yeah 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 so it's is it's a mild bounce back, and if this is a shootout, we could see the Jared Goff. It's just you don't know who you're going to get. You know who he is? He's Two Face from Steinfeld. That's who he is. For everybody that knows that reference, <laughs> I mean, just it is. Yeah, it was just. I mean, such such an ugly game, and yeah, it was a game that I didn't pay a ton of attention to because the other games in that window were so much fun. The Chiefs Saints, at least, was fun on paper, and ultimately it was a fun game. Eagles Cardinals was legit fun throughout, but. 
man, what I did see was ugly from Jared Goff, and you have to be worried about that if you are invested in Cup Woods acres against the Seahawks in Week 16. Let's move on to one of our Saturday games from this past week, Bills and Broncos. Of course, that was the Josh Allen show, but it was also a little bit of the Cole Beasley show, another 100-yard game for Beasley. Jake, is this a set-it-and-forget-it starter against the Patriots Week 16? I think he's, unless John Brown is back. Cole Beasley has been, and even when John Brown's been out there, he's been a high floor guy. So, you know, set and forget it, essentially most leagues. I, I, you know, unless you just picked him up in the middle of the season and already had good wide receivers that were using him during the buys, I, I don't know that he's going to be on a lot of benches if you're still in it. Uh, Brandon Broncos, uh, an ugly game for this entire offense, something that we know can happen Well, when you are tied to Drew Locke the way that they are. Are you considering, is anyone even in your thought process other than Melvin Gordon and Noah Fant uh, for the Broncos taking on the Chargers in Week 16? I guess if you have Tim Patrick, you might consider it um, because of the six touchdowns, because he's had three games of 100-plus yards, uh, because of all the things Jake's talked about over the course of the year. But, you know, just looking at, at the yardage and just the straight-up volume, that's the thing you like about Cole Beasley is even though he's been a little bit of a, you know, he's had some down games, he's consistently lately getting 10-plus targets. And you look at Tim Patrick and, you know, his high is five targets uh, a couple weeks ago over the last month. So, yeah, I think I think it's just basically Fant and Melvin Gordon to get back around to it. Let me tell you guys something. This, uh, this Chargers-Broncos game doesn't really matter to a whole lot of people. Huge game for your pal Mike over here. Before the season, I bet on <laughs> the Chargers finishing in last in the AFC West. Wow. Uh, got plus 250 on that. And they're both 5-9 and nine in this one. So got a huge, huge Broncos fan in Chicago this week. That is a bet I would definitely like to win. Uh, two more games to tackle here, guys. And hey, it's those Los Angeles Chargers uh, who uh, went up against the Raiders. We remember this way back on Thursday Night Football. The Chargers getting a win over the Raiders. Uh, Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson both had roles to play in that game with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams playing, but neither of them at 100%. Brandon, is there any fantasy-relevant role for either of these guys in Week 16 against the Broncos? Yeah, Tyron Johnson's interesting, right? Just because, I mean, he's made so many big plays on such little volume. Even going into last week, I think he had four catches of 40-plus yards, which had put him up among the leaders, and he'd only had 12 catches to that point on the season. So, And then you go out in this last game, and he catches three for 61 and a touchdown. So averaging 22 yards a catch, he's getting, you know, he's gotten touchdowns of back-to-back weeks. He's getting an average of six targets in those games. That's a, you know, that's a reasonable roll the dice Hail Mary if you're in kind of a, you know, a tough spot in your championship game. But most of these championship, you know, owners are first world problems. I don't know if it gets as low as Tyron Johnson at this point. Yeah, it probably doesn't get as low as Marcus Mariota either, but I think it's worth discussing him. Uh, Derek Carr pulled up uh, very lame with a, a groin injury in this game, the sort of injury that you wouldn't necessarily expect him to bounce back from in just one week, especially with the Raiders' uh, fledgling playoff hopes. Obviously, they're still mathematically alive, but not looking like this is going to be a playoff season for the Raiders. So, Jake, if Mariota does get the start, where is he sitting in the QB rankings? He's so I did my streamers already as the last of the streamers, and he's behind Philip Rivers and Matthew Stafford, still middle of the road QB two because the Dolphins' defense is one of the best in the leagues. Uh, they are top five at limiting quarterbacks in fantasy. They intercepted Patrick Mahomes three times in that game. Patrick Mahomes still threw for almost four hundred yards and two touchdowns, but he's Patrick Mahomes, and the fact that you picked him all three times and were making him look questionable in the first half. That's I would say that's a testament to most defenses if you can do that. And mm -hmm. honestly, even with that game, the last person to score 20 points against them was Justin Herbert, who actually had two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown because he only threw for 187. So, you know, if you look at it, it's a very concerning matchup. They're on, you know, playoff hunt, as we mentioned before. Dolphins are not a walkover anymore. So I'd say he's going to be mid-QB2 mid range. I would still go Baker. I Trubisky let me down a little bit, but I'd still go Trubisky, Stafford, Rivers, like I said. Okay, guys, last game from Week 15 is the Texans and the Colts. I wanted to end with a strong game. I actually had, uh, God, I think maybe I had like Patriots-Dolphins as the last game at first, but I want us to go out on a high note with two fun things to talk about. The first of these is Deshaun Watson. Uh, we cannot overlook 
what Deshaun Watson has done on this just dreadful Houston team this year. 4-10, and ten, they fired Bill O'Brien early in the season. They gave away DeAndre Hopkins for an aging, not very great running back. I mean, just a horrible situation from start to finish. And Deshaun Watson's just putting together another masterpiece season. Did it again against the Colts on Sunday. 373 yards, better than 9 yards per attempt. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, ran for 25 yards. I mean, the guy... It's just excellent, and I really hope that his career isn't wasted uh, by these Houston Texans. Uh, the the quarterback position has gotten stronger at the top, I would say, this season, Brandon. So where do you think Deshaun Watson ends up in 2021 drafts? Well, we like I said, we can reference that 2021 mock we already did, and Beller team too, just taking the discounts left and right. Uh, <laughs> you took, I mentioned Aaron Jones as RB12. I loved you, Chris Carson at RB21, but then you get Deshaun Watson as QB7. And I, I that's actually probably fair. I think when I do my rankings, that'll probably be where I rank him. But I think you could argue him in the top six, uh, just kind of like where he was going into this past season. Uh, you'll get Will Fuller back and, and things will be back, maybe. you know, hopefully, maybe. Uh, that's what it sounds like that they want to bring him back. But yeah. either way, I would expect them to give him some weapons to work with again and be in a lot better shape than he is at this current moment in time. But I agree with you. Uh, what he's done with what he's had to deal with has been pretty impressive. I'd give Unbelievable. Him six. I would take him over Russell Wilson. Yeah. That, well, that's it. I was just looking at, uh, I was trying to figure out, oh, Dak Prescott. I guess we got to watch and see what happens with him as well. Right. But um, I think you're, I think you're looking at Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, and D- Deshaun Watson in some order. I think Josh Allen's moved himself pretty squarely into the top four or five guys. Yeah, I agree. But I would, I would also, I'm with Jake. I would take Watson over Wilson. And yeah, let's just, I mean, hats off to Deshaun Watson and what he has done this season. Last question of the show goes to you, Jake. Uh, the Texans have a, or the Colts, excuse me, a huge game, huge game this week at Pittsburgh. When you consider where they are, I mean, they could still fall out of the playoffs sitting at 10 and four going into week 15, just a monster game against the Steelers. Do you feel good about any Colts not named Jonathan Taylor in this matchup? Yes, T.Y. Hilton. I'm still. Hey, he still got his four for seventy-one. It wasn't a bad day. Was it top ten like he had been? No, but he's still a wide receiver too for everybody out there. Like I find it interesting that we weren't even talking about T.Y. Hilton four weeks ago, and then he's been on fire, and then people were upset by four for seventy-one. You you can't be upset with four for seventy-one with most wide receivers. You told me seventy-one was a floor. For, yes, and what do we continue to say about the Steelers? They give up more big plays, them and the Ravens, because they're so good on defense. The one thing they let go, for some reason, is some of the big plays. I would put T.Y. Hilton out there as a wide receiver three. T.Y. Hilton, Jonathan Taylor, both getting in there against the Steelers again. It cannot be overstated how big that game is, and of course, it can't be overstated how big every single one of these Week 16 games is, is the fantasy football world with championships being decided. Friday through Monday, four games of football going to be one hell of a week 16. That's going to do it for us here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. If you are not yet a subscriber and you're still in the market to be giving gifts to friends, family, whoever, we have got the deal for you. Buy yourself, treat yourself. It's the holiday season. We all deserve it at the end of 2020. So treat yourself to an athletic subscription and then we'll give you one for free to give to a friend, family member, whoever you might want to give it to. Just go to theathletic.com slash Pod to take advantage of that. Me, Jake, and Brandon will be back with you on Wednesday to talk Week 16 rankings. This show as a whole returns on Tuesday with Nando DeFino and Chris Vaccaro. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this Monday night game, especially if you need something from it to get into your championship games and celebrate with us on Wednesday. We'll talk to you then. See you later. 